Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Welcome back to Apply Filters. My name is Pippin Williamson, and with me is my co-host as usual, Brad Tunar. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some of the roles as a lead developer that is also leading a business. So some of the difficulties that we run into, some of the challenges we have, uh, tasks, etc. Before we do that, we want to give a quick note to our sponsors, for uh, the WP Ninjas and their plugins Ninja Forms and Ninja Demo. You can check them out at uh, WPNinjas.com. Uh, before we get into the meat of the episode, though, let's mention really quickly some Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. Brad, what do you got for us? Well, I'm just going to mention mine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're running 20% off uh, Migrate TV Pro right now. Uh, until Monday at midnight. So awesome. You can get uh, the coupon code will be in the show notes, but uh, you can you can just do so it's BFCM 2014. So Black Friday, Cyber Monday 2014. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of deals going through EDD, Affiliate OP, and Pippin's plugins as well. Uh, for EDD, you can, there's 30% off any extension or theme purchase. Uh, the discount code is actually listed on the site, and that goes until Monday at midnight. Uh, and then Affiliate WP and Pippin's plugins are both uh, 40% off for all plugin and theme and membership purchases until Monday as well. And both those codes are also available on the site. Uh, there's also some, some other really good deals I've seen floating around. Uh, go with go to sellwithwp.com for membership and e-commerce deals. Uh, then I know that WP Mayer wrote up a, a blog post with some roundups, uh, and there are some other ones going around too. So if you have some plugins to purchase, this weekend is probably the time to do it. Yeah, definitely. I we haven't actually participated in in any holiday deals or sales um, in the past, and I kind of just realized this time around that. You know, if you're not part of the madness, then you just kind of fade to the background and no one pays attention to you. I've kind of flip-flopped. Uh, sometimes there was a couple of years where I did a deal like every single weekend, well, not every weekend, every holiday. Uh, and then there's other times when I just didn't do any. Uh, and now I've kind of decided there are specific holidays that I will always do. Uh, and if you do it well, it can be pretty good for business. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's, um, I think, like I said, it's worth being part, part of it. You know, I think people are out there looking for deals and if they find you're, that you're not promoting any, it, it, you know, it could be disappointing for them. So, you know, just throw something out there is, is kind of my new position on this. Yep. Uh, so let's jump into this. So we want to talk about kind of the role of lead developers in a business, especially when that lead developer is also leading the business. So this is really kind of personal and applicable to both of us, um, for Brad and I, because it's exactly what we're doing every single day. We're both the lead developers for projects, and we're also the people leading the business. Mm-hmm. And there's some some challenges that, that faces uh, and that, that that brings up. Yeah. Brad, do you want to so- get us started with some of the... Well, a lot of, I think, I think, um, I don't know, at least the bootstrapping podcasts I listen to and kind of the people that, that I read, uh, you know, most of them are really championing outsourcing, right? Outsource, 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 and free yourself up to focus on the business and grow the business and and those kinds of things. Um, And usually they're talking about outsourcing the development. 
Uh, not right? necessarily. I mean, they, they say everything, right? Like they say, okay, like sure. writing articles for your blog. They say, you know, obviously your accounting and your legal and all that stuff needs to be outsourced. Um, and it, a lot of them champion um, personal assistants or what do they call them? VAs, virg- virtual assistants. Um, which I've, I've kind of contemplated in the past, but I always felt like it would be more work to manage a virtual assistant than just to get the little things done. Mm-hmm. Um, always, have you ever thought about that? I've had this, the same idea that it would take me more time to help get them going and like have them have their day-to-day tasks going than it would be for me to do it myself. Yeah. Now, I've come to realize that's probably just because I've never met the right person to be a VA right. for me. A lot, uh, a lot of them say that they just go on Odesk and and you know, go through twenty of them before they find somebody that's that's worth having. Um, but, I mean, I think I think the way to do that is uh, what's called uh, standard operating procedures. So having like uh, documents that basically step by step in painful detail how to do things. Uh, and then you just say, I want this done. Here's the document. And then the next time you need it done, you just send them the document again, you know, and it's repeatable. Sure. So, yeah, the, I mean, I thought thought about doing that kind of stuff. Um, but I feel like for me, the best thing to hire for is development because I can, I can evaluate a developer uh, much better and they can help me with these things as well, right? So if you get, you know, a couple developers on board, not only can they do the development uh, and help you with that, but they can help you with these menial tasks that, that are right. your burden as well. That's definitely been a, uh, the one, I found that getting somebody to come on as a developer and as support is where I've had the most success with um, kind of outsourcing some of those tasks. Uh, but it was not necessarily easy. Like there's, I've had a lot of different developers and support people that have, that have worked with me and it's actually been more difficult to have them on board than not on board. Yeah. And it was because they weren't the right person. Right. Then finding, finding the right person then you realize, Oh, this helps so much. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, what, and for me, what were some of the kind of, what were some of the pitfalls? Like when the, the pr- people weren't working out, why weren't they working um, out for you? If you need day to day direction, you're not the right person to work with me. Hmm. Uh, I think some of that is because, in general, I'm a very driven person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to get things done, and if there's a task that needs to be done, I try to make it happen. Uh, and maybe it's, maybe it's just kind of a personal thing, but I don't really like to see when somebody sits sits aside and says, "Okay, what's next? What should I work on?" Um, if I if there's a large list of issues, whether whether we're talking development issues or support tickets or anything, basically just stuff to work on, like. You, Someone shouldn't need direction um, in downtime. Now, obviously, you can give them, you can give people direction and say, "Hey, today I would like you to work on this. Today I would like you to do this." But when they're not being directed, you should be able to find work. You should be able to know something that you can do that's going to help progress the project or the company. Um, and if you need to be told what to do in order to do something, you're not the right fit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's. Yeah, you just got to keep going through, put people on trial and, and see if they can manage themselves. And, and if not, then, you know, cut them loose uh, is pretty much the approach that I've been taking. Um, obviously, before you put them on trial, you try to vet them as best you can from 
you know, their GitHub profile and their WordPress.org profile and all that stuff to try to figure out, you know, are they a self-driven individual? Um, mm-hmm. But it's not always it's not always easy to figure it out from just those things, right? Um, and then there's other, you know, cultural fit and all, you know, a whole other list of things that that are, are really difficult to judge until you actually start working with the person, right? Um, Wait, you just won't know. Yeah, exactly. So, bringing it back to kind of the focus of this talk, what? should we actually be hiring developers so that we no longer do development? Because I've been struggling with that, that, that question, whether I should stop doing development in the future at any point, or should I continue just to do development because, you know, my developing is, is a big part of the business. Right. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, it's, it's really tough. Um, I, I know that um, basically, so I lead, I lead the business. Um, and if I step back and stop leading the business, the business dwindles. Uh, I, I, I mean, and I've seen this happen too. Um, and and one of the, one of the things that does, uh, have a dramatic effect on the success of the business is the progress progression of the development. So fixing bugs, adding features, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, Splitting splitting my time between development and non-development can be challenging, and so yeah, I can say let's let's hire a developer and let's get more of this stuff done. Um, mm-hmm. But then, am I taking myself too far away from development? Because I feel like my I am most valuable in code. Right. That's where my primary skill set is. That's where I have the most to give to the company, to the products, etc. And so if I'm no longer coding. Uh, is the company going to suffer? Right. And I, mean, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's one right. that I have to I have to acknowledge that as the leader of the company, I have two I have two choices basically. I either find someone to replace me as the lead of the company, mm-hmm. and I spend most of my time in development, or not necessarily replace me, but help me with it. Mm-hmm. Um, or two, I lead the company and step back in development. So are you leave the company? No, lead. So I lead. So right. I, I either do lead, what you're doing now. <laughs> lead the company, and take a lower role, lesser role in development, or I give up the uh, control of the company to someone else, or give up some of it, and then spend more time in development. Right. Hmm. And that's, that's really that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, yeah. Is trying to figure out that balance and figure out uh, where we want to go with it, uh, and that's. Uh, Right now, over the last six months, we've been talking with somebody coming on as a potential full-time developer. So we have a lot of people that are that are doing support, uh, and we have one guy that's doing full-time support for EDD, but no one's doing full-time development aside from me. But I'm not really full-time development either because I'm leading the company. Uh, right. But we're, I'm talking with a developer now and have been for the last six months about bringing them on as a full-time developer and doing nothing but development. Right. And and you trust this developer so much, like it's he's pretty much a, a he could step in to your shoes and handle the development. And well, and, yeah. To put it this way, he's the guy I go to when I have a problem I can't solve. Right, right. So usually, like at, as the lead developer, uh, and this isn't just me. This is just lead developers in general. We are usually the people that 
are handed the really hard problems. So if you have a developer that's working with you uh, or multiple developers and they're having problems or they can't solve an issue, they come to you and say, hey, can you help me? So mm -hmm. in this case, he's the developer I go to when I need that help. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yes, absolutely trust him. Right. So it sounds like you're kind of on that path to trying to hire someone to take over a lot of the judgment calls with regards to the code that you spend a lot of time on at the moment, like reviewing pull requests submitted by, you know, whoever uh, that's in, I don't, in I don't your know community. If I would put it as um, like giving up the those decisions or okay. the judgment calls. I think instead it's the execution of those. So it, well, I mean, to some degree. So there's going to be a lot of times when that other person who's taking over a lot of the lead development will make the decision on do we make this change or how do we make it or how do we fix this problem. Um, a lot of times it's, it's not so much making the judgment call, it's about actually writing the code after a decision has been made. Okay. And right. sometimes that's much harder than making the decision. Not always, yeah. but sometimes. Yeah. I, I find though it's harder to find people that are that are good at making judgment calls uh, than, than people that are good at coding. I think it, that's the exact same problem with finding people that are self-driven. Right. So let's say I, we, so you're hired to do support. So you may be the person that can answer ticket after ticket after ticket when they are assigned to you. But can you go find those tickets that need answered? Can you go help those customers that haven't already been given to you? Uh, that's, I think that's just as hard as a person to find as finding that person that can make those judgments about development. Right. Yeah. I think it's the, and they're really kind of the same kind of individual in just different areas. Yeah. So I think my answer to the question, should the goal be to, you know, for us to stop developing the, the people that are leading the company, should we stop developing eventually? I think the answer long term is yes. Because eventually you want to hire someone who you can trust to make the calls, the judgment calls, and do the project management stuff that you're currently doing right now and do and make all the right calls uh, with regards to the code uh, and the direction of the project. Um, I think you can hire someone that will fill those shoes eventually, right? Like if Absolutely. You, like long term, I mean, you're not going to find that person necessarily tomorrow, um, or they, you know, we might find them, but they're probably not going to be available. <laughs> I found I all I'm kinds gonna, of people that I'm aren't gonna available. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, though. Okay. Um, but not. I'm going to disagree with you, with you for me, uh, mm -hmm. because I think this this is going to vary for every single person, every every project lead, every lead developer. For me, honestly, I think I can tell you in the long run. I'm not nearly as interested in running the business as I am about coding. And so at some point, I would like to stop running the business. Or I would like to relinquish some of those controls and hand them over to someone else. Right. Not necessarily all of them, but at least some of them. I'd like mm -hmm. to share the load more. Um, and a lot of that is just from the, the mentality that, you know, some days I, I just want to sit back in my chair, not worry about anything except for where my syntax error is. Right. Uh, but there's definitely... I mean, there's some people do want to just 
not worry about code. They that's just want to run the finances. They that's just interesting, run the though, because what you just brought up, because you do see this in, in companies. Uh, for example, WP Engine founder Jason Cohen has gone from, you know, running the business to he's dropped to the CTO position, right? right? So he's now the technical officer or whatever title it is. And I think this that's a great example because I suspect that part of that move was, one, because they were growing massively and they had to have more people come on board um, in order to handle the growth. Uh, but two, I suspect some of that was based around where his skill sets were. Mm -hmm. uh, he was probably not as good at leading the business as he was on the technical side of things. Right. Or maybe There's another just, really good example. Maybe that's uh, just where he's most valuable to the company, right? Right, and I think that's what you really need to determine. Right. Uh, so let's say that if I was to suddenly expand my business to 50 employees and maybe three executive off officers in some form or other, where would I be most valuable at? Mm -hmm. Well, I would like to say in the code. I don't know if that's true because it really depends on, well, what other developers do you have working with you? Right. I'm, I'm much better at marketing than a couple of people that work with me. That doesn't mean I'm great at marketing. So if there's someone that comes in with, that comes to work with me, and they are much better at something than I am, they should probably take a lead in that position. Right. And I think that's one of the balances you find when you're growing a company. Hmm. Um, there's another really good example, uh, and this also get, this will lead us into a subject that I think we want to cover, and that's uh, technical debt. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the one of the issues that we run into if we bring on more developers to help share the share the workload, uh, if we outsource some of the, the development, et cetera, sometimes we get into issues where we have technical debt because we have uh, maybe less than stellar code that's gotten approved into a project. Yeah. Uh, and then it and snowballs, it, right? You get, you know, right. bad code gets in and then more bad code gets in and then and then and, and you know, you might get a good developer working on the bad code. And he has no choice but to commit more bad code because <laughs> bad code because invites sometimes more you just bad have code. to do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's a really good example of technical debt in the WordPress world. Um, and I hope he doesn't hate me for, for bringing this up. Uh, WP Commerce is a really good example of this. Mm -hmm. WP Commerce, for anybody who doesn't know, is actually one of the oldest plugins around for WordPress. When it was first committed to the WordPress.org repository, there were less than 4,000 plugins in the repo in total. Now there's over 40,000 to give you an idea of how long this plugin's been around. This plugin was also around before custom post types or any of the normal tools that we would use when building a large-scale plugin, especially in e-commerce today. So because of that and because of some less-than-awesome development practices early on, WP Commerce has kind of suffered from some large technical debt. They, they've had some bad code sitting around that's hurt them for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can see that if you go to the review section of WordPress.org <laughs> and go back a few pages. Um, they would, there was a lot of times when a developer would be working and trying to build a site in WP Commerce, they'd find a problem because of some old technical debt they had. Now, Justin Santon, who is now the lead developer of WP Commerce, has come in and he said, hey, let's take the time to actually fix these. Let's make it a good plugin again. And it is. It is a really good plugin now. It's awesome. I recently used it when uh, integrating, doing a new feature for Philly WP. Um, but it's a cool example here because it's not just about technical debt, but Justin, who used to work only as the developer, like he, he was just a developer on the project. Um, and he, was, he would be given a task and he, and he would work on it. 
now he's stepping up to become uh, one of the leaders in the project, not just as a developer, but leading the business as well. Right. So, and that's because he's, they found that he's valuable in that. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's great to see a, a project like come back to life kind of or, or get kind of repolished like, like WP Commerce has been. Um, I, I, I remember working with it years ago. And I, I remember it being very frustrating as a developer right. working. And that's it. a lot of what's changed. And yeah. some of that's changed just because Justin is a good developer. And he's been able to say, hey, let's figure out how to fix this. But two, because he's also a good businessman. Uh, and he's figured out how to fix it for users as well, not just the code problems. That's awesome. So the, how does this relate then? I guess this relates to the question that we're asking ourselves, what, you know, should we take ourselves as developers out of development roles? Um, because if we just, if we outsource, if we outsource development and kind of leave it unchecked, we could end up with a ton of technical debt like this. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then we'd be forced to, you know, eventually tackle it. Because if you don't tackle it, and you're just constantly working against this awful code, you're going to spiral into a depression, probably. <laughs> I ran into this uh, recently, actually. Uh, we had an extension for EDD that uh, we just kind of let it just go. Uh, and the original developer just, uh, at the time, wasn't that great. Uh, knew, how to, knew how to write a whole lot of code, but wasn't necessarily the most reliable code. But we kind of made the mistake of, it looks good on the surface. Let's just go through with it. Let's just let it go. And it caused some pretty severe problems. And unfortunately, it caused a lot of technical debt, too. Because over the last year, we've been working to make it dramatically better. And the developer that originally wrote it has progressed, uh, I mean, miles and miles and miles in their development skills and also what they understand of it. So they kind of went from being that developer that's approving the kind of shoddy code to uh, somebody who's working to fix all of that original bad code. But it was an issue because as the as the owner and as the person managing the business, we just we let it go through. Right. And we and we were suffering those consequences. Right. So that your example here brings up a really good um, a really important issue here because because we're dealing with open source software here and people are using WP e-commerce or easy digital downloads or whatever plugin to build their site with, right? They're really interacting with the code that that's been written in that plugin. Um, do you think this is different for, you know, closed source software or SASs? Do, you know, do they have to worry about technical debt or code quality as much as, as we do with open source plugins? Um, I think yes and no. Uh, so yes, in the sense that if you have bad code or some technical debt that's actually causing problems for the users of the software, obviously that's going to affect you. Um, but a lot of times technical debt doesn't affect those people because people that can't and users that don't see the code because they're just using the software and if it works fine, it doesn't really matter what it looks like behind the scenes. But if you have a developer that's trying to build something on top of your software, they probably are digging into the code in order to figure out how to do something. And that's where it becomes problematic. Right. I guess, I guess it's also problematic for whoever 
ends up working on that code in the future too because if they you know if you have to work on it it's going to suck right i mm-hmm. i've been i've been in the situation and before where i've inherited these massive code bases that have horrible code that's just using legacy systems and all this stuff and it's just painful really painful um I, I used to work at a company and that was the situation there. And I actually stuck around the company for two years, but only because I loved the people I was working with. If it was really, if, if that didn't, if that wasn't a factor, like if the people sucked, I would have been out of there <laughs> like on day I rem- two. I remember a little bit of that with, um, before I was working full time on EDD and just plugin development in general, I worked as a contractor for, uh, an agency up in New York. And we built mostly corporate websites, like little tiny microsites for large corporate companies. Uh, and the projects always kind of sucked. Like they were super boring. Their code was never nice. Sometimes we had to interact with like their existing systems. And so we had to then deal with their, their code. But I loved the people I was working with. And right. that made it worth it. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. And I think it, it gets into the question of like, um, developer happiness is really important for the health of a project. Right. Uh, but it's not just the code quality that makes developers happy. It's also the people they're working not. with and collaborating with, right? I mean, I think you're a great example of like how, I mean, you're attracting really great developers with, you know, the work that you do because you're putting it out there and people admire what you're doing. Um, so I think, I think it's probably been a little bit easier for you in hiring than if you kind of bottled everything up and weren't out there kind of showing what you're doing, right? It definitely makes it easier to find potential people to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes just because people reveal themselves to you, uh, maybe because they're already working with your system. So just as an example, like, um, well, actually... Every single person that works on the EDD or affiliate EWP team made themselves known to me. I didn't reach out. I, I only reached out to them because they were already very, very visible in the work they were doing with the platforms. Right. Right. Uh, and, and that's honestly, that's a really nice benefit of open source software. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of the core WordPress developers are, you know, it's a similar situation, right? They were offered a position with Audrey Capital or, or Automatic or whatever just from their work with WordPress. Definitely. Uh, and I remember uh, being being offered positions for that same reason, like because I was writing plugins. Uh, I was uh, making myself visible, and so people, some people saw that, and they said, hey, would you like to come work with us? Right. Which also I think is just a, a good testament to say, if you're looking for a job, in anything, whether it's support, development, or something like that, simply make yourself visible. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so what, I'm interested in, like, so what if we stopped developing, right? So let's say you do, like, you change your mind for some reason, and you decide, okay, I'm going to run the business, and this developer that I've hired, I trust him, he's going to lead development for the for me and i'm going to just grow this business what are the risks like after you know two or three years of doing that let's say well like you're probably not gonna you're gonna be out of touch 
<laughs> well, I'd say that, I mean, there's definitely a few, there's certain risks. One, like you just mentioned, you're going to you're going to get out of touch with the code base because unless you're reviewing every line of code that goes through, which to be fair, if you were, you probably aren't doing your job of leading the business very well. Mm-hmm. Um, two, you might if you originally were very, very strict about the code that goes in to make sure the code is always top notch and then you step back and you give that control to someone else. It's possible that they're not going to be as strict, and eventually your code quality will suffer. Um, and that's where you just have to make sure you find the right person to take over for you. Um, but I think there's actually there's a really good example of where somebody has stepped back from development, and it's clearly not suffered on the project. WordPress. Right. Matt Mullenweg is not developing. Clearly, WordPress is not a failure. Yeah. And clearly, he's doing very well for himself. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he, he probably was very conscious of that decision. Um, and I'm sure it was probably a difficult decision at the time, was with, whether or not to lead a company and lead the company that's founding a lot of the development of this particular open source software uh, or to spend his time developing. Mm. And I suspect he, Matt probably realized that he was more valuable in the company than he was leading the development. Yeah, And it probably helped because he'd also found really great developers to work with him. At that time, that would have been like uh, I think Andrew Oz and uh, oh man, some of the older core developers that have been there for a really long time, um, and and that's definitely going to make things a lot easier. If I did not have a developer or two in mind to take over a lot of the development, I don't think I would be able to consider stopping development. No, no, I well, yeah, I think it's a prerequisite to to do it. <laughs> To con- and I think they need to already it. be there and have proven themselves. Otherwise, yes. it's too much of a risk. Yeah. And also, like, the other thing is, you know, what if they leave, right? If you put your... So, say you do step out for a couple of years, right? And then your your guy leaves that you're depending on to run the whole code part. You know, what, what then? Then you have to, like, train yourself back up to... Or, or problem. Fun. Yeah, huge problem, right? So that's another risk, I guess, right? Like if you if you get too far away from it, you might have a hard time replacing someone and you now, might have to fill in. To be fair, I don't think that's any different than the risks that we take when we are the primary leaders of a project and we realize that we're human and we might have a car accident and break both our wrists. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a kind of it's a risk that is just inherently involved with doing business. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you I, should be aware of it. I, I I really hope that that breaking both my wrists is less likely. Uh. Oh, I really hope it's less likely too. But it is an absolute possibility. Yeah. And if if it happens, you are not going to be developing. I mean, yeah. you could dictate code, but that's not very effective. Yeah. Uh, and so, I think. Maybe, maybe yeah. my overall uh, sentiment here would be that if you are leading a project uh, of any kind and it is, it's a project that does scale up, make sure you're bringing other people on. Don't do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I, you go out of commission, the project goes out of commission. Yeah. I'm pretty much planning to like continuously be hiring, basically. Yes. Yeah. I, would, I would like to ha- have new people come on every single year. For sure. Yeah. I don't know if that means one new person or 10 new people, but new people regardless. Yes. Yeah. I think you have to do that 
uh, nowadays, right? Because what would you say, like, is the average retention, like, employee retention for a developer, right? Like, honestly, two I... years, three years, maybe? Um, I mean, obviously, it's going to depend a lot on the company and the number of people that you have. Um... Yeah, of course, yeah. So over the lifetime of EDD, which is uh, almost three years now, or are we almost to four? I think we're almost to three years. This spring will be three years. Um, I think we've had about like three developers that were actively working with us that are no longer with us. Right. And that's out of about 10. Mm -hmm. So that's 30%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean developers are in high demand right so they pretty oh, much yeah. have the pick of the litter like whatever they want to do they can do it and then then still find work um so um that that reminds me um did you see uh christy burka's post recently uh yes Scribble? i did yep, Scribble? about him not being in wordpress anymore yeah he's totally out he's pulled a shoot on wordpress that. no neither did i knew I. that he wasn't as active but i didn't know he was 100 percent out yeah I knew that he had uh, given up WPCLI to uh, to Daniel. Yeah, I knew that he'd also Bob given up post to post. Yeah, but I don't actually. I don't think post to post has a new own main uh, contributor. Oh, really? Huh. I don't think so. Uh, I think he's still looking for someone to take it over. Hmm. Which, if it if he is, and anybody wants an amazing plugin to inherit, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's... you're stepping into pretty big shoes. Uh, but that is a heck of a plugin. That that plugin could easily be incorporated into Core because it's one of those ones that oh, are, yeah. are kind of it's like the plumbing, you know. It does it doesn't it doesn't really affect anything like the interface or anything uh, unless unless you activate it, right? Unless you add code. To and take I, I suspect of it. that it's built in a way that'd be pretty. Uh, pretty easy for for core to accept in terms of like it's got the right structure it has a smart database schema yeah. it has a, it has everything is pretty consistent with core apis and standards oh yeah uh, i mean christy was a longtime core contributor too so right he knew yeah. how everything worked yeah well that's it's kind of i was kind of sad that to see him go beyond to be honest because i'm a big fan of the stuff that he's done oh yeah uh, and so it's too bad he's out but on to greener pastures, I guess. I mean, everybody has to move on to something eventually. I mean, yeah. I can't. I have, I have no preconceived notions that I will be doing WordPress work forever. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be doing it for five years or ten years or one year. Yeah. I don't plan to quit tomorrow. Yeah. But everybody moves on at some point. Maybe on to greener pastures wasn't the right word there. That that makes it sound like the <laughs> the WordPress community is garbage. Uh, yeah, on to new things is yeah. probably the right way. Everybody's got to change things up eventually. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're getting pretty close to wrapping this up, but mm -hmm. I think this is a really good topic that we could continue on um, very easily for um, in additional episodes or in the comments or Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, if you are leading a project and you've run into some of these challenges or you have additional questions about them or you're thinking of leading or you're somebody who works for a, for a project lead and you have questions or issues. I'd love to hear feedback. Yeah, same here. Anything specific you want to ask for, Brad? No, no, I think that covers it. Uh, uh, iTunes reviews, if, uh, if awesome you haven't already. 
uh, please go on to iTunes and give us a review so other people can find us easier. Uh, I believe we have had a couple. Yeah, we had a couple come in over the last week or so. Okay. Well, maybe next time we'll... those people. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll we'll maybe read a couple of those uh, in the next episode. Yeah. Uh, And again, if you're looking for picking up a new plugin, uh, this today until Monday is definitely the day to do it because a lot of plugin and theme shops are doing Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. So go check them out. There's a couple of sites that have done some nice roundups, WP Mayor, Torque, uh, Sell with WP, uh, a couple of others. Brad has a nice deal going on, and we've got a deal going on for EDD, Affiliate WP, and everything on Pippin's plugins. Sweet. The the Pippin Empire. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if I'd call it an empire, but... (laughs) All right, man. All right. Thanks, everybody. If anyone has any questions or comments, feel free to let us know. Thanks for listening.